Welcome to Season 3 of Soccer Over Gotham, an NWSL podcast covering New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC. Hosted by Ruby Pinto and Gary Gibson. Welcome to Episode 81 of Soccer Over Gotham. This is Challenge Cup and World Cup edition. We have a great show for all of you. Gary, what do we have in this episode? A whole lot. Gotham is probably setting a record for rain delays in this season. They went to Washington, scored two goals in 10 minutes, and then fall apart in the second half. We'll try to make sense of it. Two more group stage Challenge Cup matches that are left. We will preview the first one against the Courage. There are lots of injury updates. And did Gotham just sign another player? We're going to cover the U.S. Women's National Team from a Gotham FC perspective. Our guest this week to help us cover the U.S. Women's National Team is hashtag once Gotham, Nicole Baxter, one of our favorite guests of all of our shows. We love her so much, but and we're just glad to have her back. Uh, there's just so much to talk about on this episode, Ruby. Let's just get started. How are you? I'm doing well, but before we get into the World Cup and Challenge Cup here, I just want to say that I went and I went to watch Barbie, Barbie the movie, <laughs> did not disappoint. It's really good, and I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't watched it and wants to go watch it. Um, if you're on the fence, I'm just going to say go watch it. It's really good. Uh, also, by the way, <laughs> I didn't realize that this Challenge Cup game was on Friday. And I don't know why, but in my head, I thought I was going to be on Saturday. And I I made dinner, dinner reservation for pasta ramen in Montclair, by the way. Amazing. Mm-hmm. I made this reservation over a month ago. So I wasn't really thinking about the game. <laughs> And it, let me tell you, it's really hard to get a reservation at this place. So I was not going to cancel because that meant I probably had to wait another month to get another reservation. They open reservations at the beginning of each month. So it's it's just tough to get a reservation there. Anyway, uh, I, I with the weather delay, I was able to get home, by the way, in a food coma because I ate so much there. Food was amazing. So I was able to get home. I watched the first half and I was able to watch the second half live. That's how much of the delay it was. But yeah, anyway, so- how are you? Were you like, is this a food coma or is Gotham really playing like this? <laughs> right. I, I did not know what was going on. I was like, what am I seeing right now? This, yeah. uh, this is like a bad movie. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> For me. Six years ago, I think either last week or the week before that, I attended my first Sky Blue game. Many years later, and a lot more gray hairs, I am here. We're here. There you go. (laughs) Yes. And shout out to Cloud9 making the trip to Washington. I I assume that they brought the weather with them since uh, that's all we've been getting lately. Oh, my God. Please, God. One, One Challenge Cup game. Without a rain delay. I mean, I mean, we probably had one or two, but it's been so constant. I am so tired of them. But yeah, shout out to Cloud9. They are the real MVPs. We did it. 1,000 followers on Twitter. I refuse. Refuse to call it anything else. Right before that site implodes and we all head over the threads. Very good. Very happy we made 1,000. Thank you, everybody who follows us over there. I think threads is the answer. You know, follow us at Soccer Over Gotham over there. It's missing one thing. 
one thing that we desperately need and we can't do without, and that is polls. Uh, if the threads had polls, I'd probably be all the way over there already. Twitter is a mess. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with Twitter, but we're there until it falls apart. And also follow us on Instagram as well. Just go follow us there and threads. Yeah, absolutely. And what the cool thing is that if you follow us on Instagram and then join on threads or vice versa, it floats over, which is nice because they're connected. Going to our guests, uh, this show, Nicole Baxter is so much fun and she's always a great guest. She's a talker. That segment <laughs> was supposed to be like a half hour and I right. cut out a lot of our notes too. So she's just so funny and, and I, we got to make her a regular guest and yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I was like, okay, I guess we're skipping this part. We're just going to go <laughs> the next, that next topic. Always such a great guest. Always. We love to have her here. She gave us an update what she's up to in Florida. What is she doing now after Gotham? So you guys got to go listen to it. We dropped this section of the podcast early on YouTube. So go look for us on YouTube, Soccer Over Gotham, and you will find the video there with Baxter if you want to hear early or now or whatever. <laughs> yes. Let's get over to this game. Gotham is trying to keep pace with the Courage for the first place in the group. Gotham has also not lost in four matches. The Spirits, on the other hand, are in a bad way. They're losing three of their last four and gave up 15 goals over those last four games, including a six-goal second-half record-breaking loss of the Courage. Perhaps no team in the league is feeling their national team departures more than the Spirit right now. The ref for this match is the infamous Danielle Chesky. On to the injuries, and this is where it starts getting interesting. So Vava Goodwin's daughter is out with an excused absence. Mai Lopez is out with a thigh injury. And Taylor Smith is off the disabled 45-day list, which is fantastic for us. On to the formation. It is a 4-3-3. We got Beethoven in goal, which is quite interesting. We have Nicewanger on the left. The birthday girl Krieger in center back. Jean next to her. Edmonds out to the right. Again, another interesting lineup choice. Long, Zerboni, and Sheehan across the middle. Ryan, Stangle, and Purse across the top. Any thoughts on this lineup, Ruby? I really like that Long and Zerboni are starting in this game. We really don't see that much, but I really like this. I feel like it brings an extra layer of defense to the game. We got Beto's back in net. Very exciting to see her start this game. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think, I believe she has not played a game since she broke her finger, and, and it's been a while. Yeah, we're going to get to that game with her broken finger in a bit. But yes, I think you're absolutely correct. Now, interesting to note that there was no Taylor Otto in the 18, but in her place, we got a new name on the roster, Annika Creel, a national team replacement, 26-year-old defender, played most recently for the championship team of the USLW League Indy 11. She had also played a short bit for the Dash, and then she also played in Sweden as well. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really notice when they announced this, but I found out when they dropped the, the, the roster. And Creel is coming back from an ACL injury that happened to her in 2022. I think she will be really good for this team because she's great with long balls. She's good on the air. And it also helps that her height is 5'9". So that will help also in, in those corners and stuff. 
Yes. Our friend of the show, Theo Lloyd Hughes, said that Creel was one of the most liked players behind the scenes in Houston from 2021 to 2022, said to be an NWSL exemplary teammate and a dressing room presence. And also the Bayou City Republic, which is the supporter group for the Houston Dash, Annika was certainly a fan favorite for sure. She's always made sure to stick around and connect with fans post-game. Even if she wasn't dressed, she'd sometimes be the last player to head to the changing room. So she's a high-value high target. She's a good, a good person, yeah. and I'm excited to have her on this roster. And as I always say, just because you're not on an NWSL roster doesn't mean you're, any, you're not any good. Some of these players have so much talent. Sometimes it's just luck and there's not enough opportunities. And the, the Indy 11 was a terrifying team this season. They tore through everybody. And again, they won the championship there and she was a big part of that. So I'm excited to have her here, see yep. what she can do. And yeah. Yeah. Can't wait to see her play. Yeah. All right. Let's just get to this game recap. Now under the first half, Last game, Gotham came out, and it can only be described as being asleep at the wheel. It just looked like they took this to heart because they came out flying in this one. Ryan frees up Delaney, who had a fantastic first half. She belts one on frame. Barnhart spills the ball exactly where you're told to never spill the ball, which is right in front of the net. And Midge, as smart as she is, follows the shot, puts it in the back of the net. Then, minutes later... Midge finds a pocket on the right side and plays a long looping ball to the far post for rookie of the year. Get used to it. Nicewanger finds it through traffic, a difficult goal, but she hits it. Got them. Then they get a little complacent. They are still controlling the game, but a, a series of errors leads to this goal from hatch to get Washington back in the game a bit. I think Jenna dribbles out of bounds. Uh, uh, Zerboni dribbles, uh, turns into traffic. Jean has her back to her mark, but Gotham, you know, wakes up after that goal and controls the match until about three minutes before halftime, where we get yet another rain delay. Your thoughts on this first half, Ruby? <laughs> another rain delay. But besides that, I think this is the best start Gotham has had so far. I mean, two goals in seven minutes. And I even think this is record. For, for the club, this hasn't happened before in, in the club. Two goals in seven minutes. That's amazing. Goal came from from Purse. And I spoke about this a couple episodes ago, where it's really important to do the, the follow-up and follow-through of that ball. You see, Barnhart blocked that ball. But like you said, she put it where you're not supposed to. And then... Midge was paying attention. She was aware where that ball landed. She was ready and she just buried that in the net. So that was our first goal. Amazing. And Jenna Knightswanger, every time she plays, she's amazing. Dot header, so difficult. And she was able to place it where Barnhart was not able to, to get that ball. Really, really good. And this is what we've been asking for for a long time. For Gotham to take the lead early into the game. And the team was flying high. After these two goals, but then Hatch had to do what Hatch does, and she got a goal, great, great goal from from Hatch. But that did not stop Gotham. They they just kept looking for that third one. They did get a third goal, but it was offsides, unfortunately. But they they kept fighting that first half. Correct, and team was flying, and so were the bodies. <laughs> Very physical first half. Yeah. Bodies were flying everywhere. Maybe this is a rivalry game after all. Chesky was taking cues from the World Cup refs 
it seems, and just letting everything go. It was super physical. <laughs> it, it was really physical and aggressive. But, you know, that's one of the things that the NWSL is known for, for being very physical. And but b- despite that, Gotham had a dominant first half. And I was expecting that momentum to just translate in, into the second half. Yeah, you're right. It was a dominant first half. The, the ball movement was really good. Going into, I'm just, I'm just going to jump right into a player note. I thought Delaney was just fantastic. She was slipping in and out of pressure. She was finding all these pockets of space, getting shots on target, and she created Midge's goal. She was fantastic from start to finish in this game. Yeah, solid half from her. I mean, she's now shooting to to score, which is, I mean, which I appreciate a lot. However, I would suggest adding a little more power to her shots for better effectiveness. Overall, it's great to see her taking those opportunities. Yeah, it really is. And we talked about that last week where she's she's still and, and being a little bit unselfish where she's trying to get teammates into it. But this time that the switch turned on in her head and she started putting balls on, on frame. So this is a good sign that things are going in the right direction with her. And yeah, I'm excited for that. Uh, any other player knows you have? A nice longer rookie of the year getting another goal on the books. I feel Wizardboni and Long in the game at the same time. It allowed for Jenna Nightswanger to come up higher in the pitch. Yeah, yeah, she was incredible in that first half. But Midge, a goal and assist in the first half. I thought she was the star of the show. Let's just get to it, Ruby. We had yet another rain delay, and this one was a long one. The kickoff was at 7 o'clock. We got to minute 42 before the delay, and then returned at 9.19. Then we played two minutes and got to halftime. <laughs> this has got to be very tough Ridiculous. on the players. Yeah. <laughs> there is not much to say here in the second half. Gotham comes out essentially unadjusted, and Washington makes great game plan adjustments here. They start going more direct. They really overload the midfield. And when they got forward... They were lethal. They got hatched behind the line a couple times. They got they got a little lucky with a deflection goal. But as we always say here, that you create your own luck by putting yourself in a position to get lucky. They took their chances and it paid off. Gotham was not tidy on the ball, but they held 66% possession throughout. And sometimes they would hold the ball a little bit too long and they would give the ball away in a bad space, leading to a quick counter. There were chances to get back in this match, but just nothing was going our way. Any thoughts on the second half for me? This, oh my God, this second half, it was just a blur to me. I think I've blocked his memory from my head at this point because it was terrible. It was really bad for Gotham and I feel for them. But then again, coming back to the field after an hour plus rain delay is tough. You play for two minutes and then they you have to wait another 15. Uh, that's tough mentally and physically tough you have to stay warm you have to like focus on the game and you don't even know when you're gonna come back into the field so that is tough and I don't want to make any excuses because I mean Washington had to go through the same brain delay and they came out and destroyed us but just getting back into the game after a delay is just really tough and then I think the changes should have been made a little earlier around the 55th minute when they scored the second goal on us. Bringing some fresh legs could have helped. Obviously, it was entirely frustrating for us and the fans to watch, the, to see the end result. 
But when you take a step back and you're looking at it, you're like, okay, look at the stats. This was a pretty good game for Gotham. If you if you looked at just the stats, you, you would you probably would have believed that it would have a four two score line, but not against Gotham. Washington only had thirty four percent possession. They had two hundred and forty two passes total. Gotham had four hundred and fifty eight. Only fifty eight percent pass accuracy from Washington. They were held in their own uh, held in their own end for a lot of this game. They completed only one hundred forty two passes in the entire match. 34 clearances. So they were, again, pinned into their own half. But when they got forward, they were deadly. And at the end of the day, scoreboard. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they were deadly out there. And this is the perfect example of quality over quantity. Yeah. And we said this a million times, but possession means nothing if you can't do anything with it. And overall, Gotham has not given up more than two goals all season, which is a pretty crazy stat. We were giving them up every other week last season. <laughs> so it is kind of shocking. And also considering how poor Washington has been, you know, hopefully just lessons learned and we move on. I would just want to say there's, there's a really major positive for this club having Taylor Smith return to the field. She's another weapon that is an aggressive attacking option. And hey, maybe instead of playing a center back at right back, we can use Smith there. She would give a lot more balance to the attack, a little bit more speed going forward, and stop teams from getting behind us. I think the right side of Smith and Purse has always been good. And it was, again, it was really good early in the season. I would like to see that going forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Smith and Purse combination on the right side was a force to be reckoned with at the start of the season. Imagine their chemistry and teamwork. I mean, it will be amazing. It's just evident out there. And I'm just so excited to see Taylor back on the field and just see them together back in action. It could provide a strong and dynamic presence on on that side of field once again. Yeah. Okay, Ruby. I, I, I like Beto's a lot. Obviously, she's an absolute warrior. And I'm not blaming these goals on her alone. I think Gotham hung her out to dry in this one. I, I'm still of the mind, though, that the Challenge Cup should be Mandy's. I don't want to waste another chance with her talent. I, I don't want her to go somewhere else for minutes again. She needs them at this point, and she deserves them. There are too many teams coming up, especially expansion teams, that are going to snatch her up if we don't allow her to get minutes and improve. Exactly. We need to take advantage of having her here, give her some minutes. But Going back to to what you say said about Beto's, yeah, we're we're not blaming her for all these goals because, I mean, the spirit had to go through ten other players before they got to her, and we have been really spoiled with Abby Smith on goal and making like amazing saves week after week. I mean, she's had so many uh, saves of the week by this point. I think like they should just name the con like the Abby saved of the week by now or something. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Yeah. But at this point you kind of like question if Abby was on the net would have been a different game. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, games, as we get into this game, games in hand aren't points in hand. And we know this. And now that the, you know, the game that they lost, the pressure is now on Gotham to get points at these last two challenge cup games. And most certainly, We'll need a win against a scary Courage team at home next week. I think that would put us in a great position. Yeah, and I hope like 
I mean, the Kerch have been doing great um, these last two games, but I hope Gotham is not intimidated by by those those scores and the goals that they've made. I want them to come out positive and and just take advantage of all the opportunities, secure all the possible points out there. Again, just just make the most out of every opportunity these last two matches. I mean, let's go, LFG. Yeah, let's go. Going back to a conversation we had with Nicole Zerboni, and we talked about how long she's been in the league, and she says that every single time she enters a new season, she thinks she's seen it all, but then something happens. And last, and we talked to her last season, it was the COVID, right? We had that. We had, they had just canceled the game at last minute because of COVID. So yeah. there's always uh, anyway. So always do something crazy in their path. And I think this season it has to be those rain delays because we again we have to be hitting a record. This has been just too many of them. <laughs> For real, the, this, I'm so sick of this rain delay. So over them. And what's really crazy is that like the day before or the day after they play, it's like so nice out. Not a not a drop of, of rain. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Ashlyn Harris saw this coming. That's why she got us those uh, rain jackets for uh, our season <laughs> ticket holder thing. Right. She knew this was going to happen. But, you know, not a postgame quote per se, but Krieger was on the morning footy show and she remarked that even though it's her last season, that she's really happy that the team is playing so well and she's happy with the direction of the club. And just sometimes it gets lost in all these crazy storylines with the world cup, with Sinead Farrelly, with Jenna Nicewanger doing very well, Midge's return. You get you kind of a little bit lost in the shuffle that again, this is Krieger's last season and a historic career. And it's just good and see that she's in a good place, that she's happy, and the team's going in the right direction. And, you know, possibly we can get her something at the end of this, maybe some hardware. Yeah, this this team has been through its highs and lows, and she's been through them both. I mean, last season was terrible for Gotham, but now we're on our way up again, which is amazing. And like you said, hopefully we get to, like, send her off with, with why not, a championship. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, happy birthday, Captain Krieger. Happy birthday. On to the postgame conference. This was a very short one. And Amros talked about the positives, such as dominating statistically, like we talked about, and for long stretches. And Amaros, Midge, and Delaney echoed our sentiment, as we just talked about a second ago. The storyline of Jenna Nicewanger is rookie of the year already, hands down. Exactly. We we knew this since the beginning of, of the season that she was going to be a great impact for this team. And if she doesn't get Rookie of the Year, I think we're all going to riot. <laughs> yeah, let's get the stats of the game, Ruby. Any stats of the game? Yeah, so as we know, Gotham was very dominant in this game. But like I said before, it's quality over quantity. Gotham had 13 shots. Washington had nine. Possession was 66%, 34 for Washington. Passes for Gotham was 458 and for Washington, 242. Yeah, you know, Gotham's attack is starting to find form. And I mentioned this stat maybe five, six episodes ago that Gotham was not scoring on big chances. And since Midge's return... We are scoring on big chances and we scored on two of three big chances in this one. And Gotham has been creating more and more. 
And Gotham has only been sco- held scoreless once in five matches and has scored nine times over those five. So things are going pretty well, especially since Midge's return. And overall, Gotham is last in big chances created with just nine. Uh, just for reference, Portland is in the lead with 34. And big chances are basically goals that have a really high degree of going in. So it's something like Midge's goal, which is right in front of the goal where she just chips it over the keeper. Those are mm-hmm. big chances. We've been scoring goals from outside the box and nice walkers hitting goals from 40 yards away. And, you know, it's just we're scoring high degree of difficulty goals, but we're not scoring easy goals. We're create. We're not even creating them. So now with midges here, we're creating. We're creating better chances, and we're scoring, which is fantastic. Let's get to our player of the game. There's a choice between Sheehan, Purse, and Nicewanger. And at Over Gotham Pod on Twitter, thanks to the fans who voted on our poll, they chose Purse seventy one percent. Ruby, do you agree? Yes. So despite the loss, I do agree that purse was player of the night she had a of the game sorry she had a great night but now that i'm thinking about it about it i also think that jenna nicewanger had a great game so i'm gonna have to split it between purse and nicewanger i got purse and i don't think it's close uh i think a goal and an assist. I think she had an amazing night and and not for nothing uh, between that mess of a game it was a very long Midge highlight reel. She was making defenders look absolutely silly out wide. I love watching her play. I mean, just the things she does on the field. Like, I just love it. Her magic on the field. She creates those moments that you're like, ha, so amazing. Yes. But, you know, I do think Sheehan was very good in this one. I always say this, but she's just an interesting player. She just doesn't do what you think she's going to do. And she always mm-hmm. seems a, a, a place to find space on a dribble. You think she's trapped and she'll just kind of spit out of it. And then she'll make a pass and you're like, why was that the right pass? But it is. <laughs> she's getting a bit more aggressive up around goal, which we talked about, which I'm very excited to see that uh, evolution in her game. But I just want to really give a quick update. Sinead Fairley's run at the World Cup has come to an end, and I'm very sad about it. She didn't get a goal, which I was hoping for. But Ireland, I think, did really well. And it was just that group was just a monster. Uh, just like They got thrown to the wolves in that, in that group. And on the other end of that group, Nigeria made it through and takes out the number 40th ranked team, took out seventh ranked team in Canada. Fantastic. They deserve it. And it does feel like 40th ranking is seems kind of criminal. Exactly. I mean, after this World Cup, I'm pretty sure the ranking is going to go up. Everybody thought it was going to be Australia and Canada moving to the next round. But uh, this World Cup has been full of surprises. We see Nigeria is going to the next round. We did not expect that, but well deserved for them. They've been playing really, really well. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get to some standings. In the group, we have the Courage at the top at 11 points gotham has one game in hand on the courage in seven points but we got two games left they only got one so if we can beat the courage we can beat orlando we will be top of the group so we need to do that but i think that loss we just had kind of hurts our chances of getting out of the group and good lord courage take it easy 
<laughs> they have a twelve a plus twelve goal differential. We essentially just have to win out against the Courage Saturday night. That's a good one. And then the Pride on Wednesday, we know we can do that. Uh, a draw just won't cut it. We ain't making up eleven a plus eleven goal differentials. Not this team. However, both games are home games. Gotham does play home games, which is interesting. Exactly. Right now, this North Carolina team is scary. I mean, putting those numbers are it's unbelievable. Five goals in one game, six goals in another game. It's crazy. But I want Gotham to not think about those numbers and go and focus on that that game. And, you know, we need to make it to the next round. I want them to win the next two Challenge Cup games. I'm so excited to get back in that arena. It's been, it feels like forever. But Saturday, August 5th, 7.30 p.m., let's see you all there. Red Bull Arena. Historically, Gotham has only won five games against the Courage in 24 attempts. Not very good. <laughs> uh, the Courage will be done with their group stage at, at this game. Any thoughts on this match, Ruby? I mean, like I said, we have a scary North Carolina team coming. But, I mean, Gotham sometimes does really, really well with those teams. You're like, they're going to lose. And then they surprise us and they, they come out winning. And I understand that we cannot like win every game but the next two games are really important if we want to make it to the next round i hope gotham comes out gives a great performance and again i don't i do not want them to be intimidated by the last two games of north carolina believe it or not uh the courage and gotham have a lot of similarities they are both the top two possession teams in the league, mm-hmm. but we're also the bottom two teams in big chances created. So we are t- second and third on goals conceded per match. So we, we both outside of these last two games, both teams don't score a lot of goals. We don't give up a lot of goals. We like to possess the, the ball. And as soon as we lose the ball, we like to just get it back as quickly as possible. This is going to be a really interesting matchup. And I'm super excited to see which team is able to uh, impose their style on this game and teams that come out to play against Gotham don't really do too well teams that sit in do a little bit better so it's mm-hmm. going to be interesting to see if c- the courage are going to want to impose themselves and come out to play so we will see uh, I'm interested to see who bends uh, first yeah I mean like you said they have a lot of similarities so I think this game is going to be more of a mental game who has that mindset to win yeah, so what are we manifesting? A win. Of course, a win. And I want it to be 2-0. Of course, Gotham's going to win, make two goals. If we can get one for Midge and Ryan, that'll be amazing. All right, I am back to this again. <laughs> I am <laughs> manifesting a non-rain-delayed home game. Please. Got to. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let me look at the, the weather while we're here. Because... I think it was supposed to be a a good day. Let's see. Saturday. No rain Saturday. So we're good. Okay. We should be good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doubling down on no rain. So there it is. <laughs> so any random thoughts before we go? No, I don't have any random thoughts. What about you? I went to my first roller derby match, which oh. is a super interesting sport. And it's a lot less complicated than I thought. It was super fun. And those women that were, uh, it, it's incredible. That is a tough physical 
incredible sport. And I was surprised on, they had a good crowd. My girlfriend was the jam timer. If I get that wrong, I'm in trouble. Uh, (laughs) If I get like, if I say one thing wrong about this, I'm going to hear it for like an hour. Oh my God. I mean, you've been dating her for a long time, so you better know. But I, I don't really know anything about roller derby. So what's a jam timer? Jam timer is one who basically like each go around is about two minutes. So sh- and okay. they keep all the players on point by giving the different hand signals and making sure everything is timed out the way it's supposed to be. Okay. Uh, gosh, you're going to get me in so much trouble. <laughs> but yeah, it was super fun. And I decided to go to another one. So shout out to the Lehigh Valley Roller Derby team. Let's go. Yeah. Our conversation with Baxter is so much fun. Everybody who's seen it on on YouTube already loves it. And yeah. So let's just get to it, shall we? Let's go. Welcome back to Soccer Over Gotham, U.S. Women's National Team Breakdown Show. I'm your host and social media creative, Ruby Pinto. In this episode, we'll give you our thoughts and takeaways on the U.S. Women's National Team 1-1 draw against the Netherlands. We'll see who the fans thought was the player of the match. I am joined by the producer, editor, and my co-host, Gary Gibson. And today, our guest is none other than former Gotham FC midfielder, Nicole Baxter. Welcome back to the show, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be back. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we have to, you know, catch up and tell us what you've been up to after you left Gotham. Yeah, so after I left Gotham, I went and I trialed for the Orlando Pride and I had a great month there, honestly. Like I I absolutely loved uh like all the girls that I met there, but the play like playing style wise, it just wasn't a good fit. Mm-hmm. Um so then I started thinking about what might be coming next for me. Uh, I had an opportunity to go play in Australia. But in order to do that, I was just going to have to miss some things that I was really tired of missing, like weddings, like family, stuff like that. So, yeah, I like felt it in that moment of like, I, I started to understand how like my priorities have changed over my time of playing because you know, like it was never like that for me before. Like in the past, I'm like, I don't care what I miss. Like I'm going to play soccer and I loved every second of it. And I, yeah, I just started to feel that like passion for it kind of start to change a little bit. So I started looking at jobs and I ended up uh, with a job at EA Sports. So it's been a very, very good time. And that's where I am now. I'm in Orlando, Florida, working from home, chilling with my dog, having a good time. <laughs> here. Yeah. That sounds awesome. And I know the yeah. fans miss you. Uh, last time we talked to you, we it was your first like your first professional minutes for Gotham. Ah, nice. Uh, yeah, nice. it was cool. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it, was, it was a good yeah. episode. It was one of our one of our most downloaded episodes. So nice. That's Happy awesome. to hear that. Yeah, we haven't talked in a while. That was a that was a hot second ago. But yeah, I, honestly, I, I miss uh, the Gotham fans a lot. I really do. Like, I have such a special love for Cloud9. I mm-hmm. still love like interacting with all the fans on social media and stuff. Um, and that's like one of the bad things about not being in Jersey anymore. Like I would have loved to be able to like go to some games and reconnect with all of them like in a different type of way obviously like not mm-hmm. not still playing um 
So yeah, that's a bummer. But yeah. Have you gone to any of the games in Orlando? Yeah, I go to uh, a decent amount. Like I still have a lot of friends playing. So, and I just got to see uh, a bunch of the Gotham girls when they came here to play Orlando. So that's been really fun for me to like go to the games as a fan and not have like a stake in the game. Like, it's just so different. It's so much more enjoyable. I can't even tell you. I don't have to like care who plays well, what team wins. I'm just like, cool. This is fun. I didn't even pay attention at all at the Gotham game. Like I, after the, after the game, the girls were like, oh, what'd you think? I'm like, I didn't watch one goddamn <laughs> second of that game. I was playing with Allie Long's babies. <laughs> oh, they're so cute. Oh my God. They're so cute. And they're so big. I haven't seen them in a while. So it was, yeah, it was a really good time. But yeah, yeah. I, I still go to a lot of the games and it's like helpful because now that I'm working for EA sports, I'm in charge of like helping integrate women's players into FIFA ultimate team. So like watching the games is actually really helpful for my job. So it kind of, yeah, it's kind of nice. So they can blame all their player ratings on you. Absolutely. (laughs) I keep joking with them. I'm like, you guys better be nice to me or I'm going to mess with your rating so bad. (laughs) I actually, to be fair, like I don't have a say in their like initial ratings. That's like a whole Uh different company. Yeah. But yeah, anything that happens in Ultimate Team, like you could just point the finger right at me. (laughs) I'm ready for it. Well, we'll just blame you. But before we move on to to the, the World Cup, I just want to get your thoughts on how Gotham is doing this season. I honestly think Gotham is really good this year. Like I'm, I think they're really good. I was, I was talking to the girls about it a little bit. Like I legitimately think they have a chance at winning this year. Like if they're going to win, this is the year with the amount of players they brought in this year, like Gotham slash sky blue. Like I cannot remember a time that they brought in players like this. Like, especially on an international level, like, I don't think there was ever a time where they have signed this many players in one season. And a lot of the players are like, like at their prime or like, yeah, they're, a lot of these players are like peaking or like maybe even a little over their peak. So um, I think they're doing really well. I think that they just need to be more consistent. Like they have the ability to, to win every game that they play. Like they're that good. But I think that sometimes they just kind of revert back to like what we did last year, which is like a lot of kick and run, a lot of like lacking of patience type of thing. But when they actually like play good soccer, like they're, they're potentially unbeatable. They're very good. So I think they've done a really good job. Agree. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So let's get over to the world cup. First thing, I think all the uh, bros out there are running out of excuses on why not to invest in women's soccer. Cause it is, booming it uh, six, is sick yeah yes 6.43 million viewers for that netherlands usa game we're going to be covering on this one the most watched group stage match in u.s english language history amazing not surprised, not surprised. i don't know if you guys have been uh watching all the other games but <laughs> since i don't i don't start work till noon technically <laughs> because my uh my whole team works out of Vancouver, so uh-huh. I usually wake up in the morning and I rewatch the games that I like missed in the morning because, yeah. like, I, I'm not waking up at those times to watch those games. Yeah, but even like the lower, like lowest level teams in the tournament, those stadiums are packed. Like mm-hmm. I've never, I've just never seen a women's tournament like this. Like you watch these games and it's so loud and i'm just Mm -hmm. like these aren't even good teams like in the past these teams would have had nobody there to watch and now these stadiums are absolutely packed and and they're actually it's good soccer too 
like it, it all goes hand in hand. So yeah, it's been, it's been so sick to watch. I'm like so pumped about it. Yeah. The, the growth of the sport, it's unbelievable. I think over 1.5 million tickets have been sold for this World Cup. And like you said, even like the games, you don't think people are going to be there. It's packed and it's, and it's, and it's awesome to see that, that all these people are supporting women's sports and mm -hmm. it's not that people do not want to watch women's sport is that people do not invest. And this is the perfect time to invest right now. Like if mm -hmm. you want to get in it, get in it right now. Totally. I totally agree. I mean, even like, look, it's the whole reason I was hired at EA sports because they've now started to invest more into the women's game because it's profitable. Like, mm -hmm. They're going to get more users. They're going to make more money now having women in all the same features that like the men are. So like if a company like EA Sports, like they don't need more money. You know what I mean? So if a company like that is like, whoa, we really need to be investing in women's sports. It's like, can't everyone just kind of follow that lead, you know? Yeah. And another big thing for this World Cup is Telemundo covering all the games. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. 1,510,000 1, 1, total audience delivery on Telemundo and Peacock, which is incredible. It's the most watched women's World Cup match in Spanish language history. Very, very cool. Real. Yeah. Yeah. Make it accessible yeah. and people will watch. Exactly. Yeah. All right. I found, so I found this. I found this interesting. The top five Fox yeah. markets. Was yeah. number one was Milwaukee, which what I was interesting. The hell? <laughs> I know Kansas City, Washington, Cincinnati, and Dallas. So Kansas what's going City, on? What's Washington. going on over there in Milwaukee? Who the hell knows? I've never even been there. I can barely, <laughs> barely tell you where that is on a map. But shout out Milwaukee! Shout out yeah. Milwaukee because uh, they're supporting women's soccer over there. <laughs> yeah, get them team. Who knows? Maybe they're <laughs> yeah. Honestly, next. yeah. Whatever. Throw a team yes. in Milwaukee. <laughs> And I did want to talk real quickly about my I, last week. I told you like what I'm really looking for as far as what I'm watching in the tournament. But this this time I'm going to give you my hierarchy of who I'm rooting for. Hit me. So this is it's a start. It's a triangle. So the top of the triangle is of course it's Gotham players in the U.S. Women's National Team. That's the top, of course. Of course. Of course. And then right below that is the non-U.S. Women's National Team Gotham players that are in positions to advance. That's my second. Oh, very specific. Yep. Then right below that is is any other non-U.S. women's national team Gotham player. <laughs> okay. Below that is underdogs, <laughs> and then right below that is just NWSL vibes and pure unadulterated chaos. That's what I want. Totally, I'm so with that. Okay, I do mm -hmm. find myself uh, rooting for individuals over uh -huh. teams a lot of the time, like because like you're saying, like you have these favorite like club players or people you're friends with and i just want them to do well so damn bad like when you play well on the world cup stage like your career just changes like i feel that way especially for someone like caitlin sheridan who like mm -hmm. there's a chance canada might not even advance out of their group like that group is tough as hell and i'm panicking i'm absolutely panicking that caitlin's not going to make it out of the group stage like it's not yeah. even about canada it's about caitlin like so i just yeah i find myself very loyal to people in the same way that you're saying yeah so we'll get to this later but like like tomorrow's games we have nigeria and ireland like obviously i love Sinead. i think her story is amazing yeah and i i love anamanu but tomorrow ireland doesn't look like they're going to make it through and they're nigeria not, is in not. a really good chance to make it through so i'm all in on anamanu 
going going for this game tomorrow. Yes, sorry, she is one. She's she's one of the individuals that I'm just like I want her to have a good World Cup so bad, and yeah. I I rewatched the Nigeria Australia game um mm-hmm. front their last game, and I'm just like we got to get her on the ball more. Like, mm-hmm. and I looked up the stats afterward. She played like sixty something minutes and only got like fifteen touches on the ball or something like that. So I'm like, come on, Nigeria, get your nine involved. Yes. Yeah. Give her the damn ball. All right, Ruby, we'll take us over to the game. Yeah, so let's go over and have a breakdown of the game against uh, Netherlands. So USA enters this match on the 10-match winning streak after dispatching Vietnam 3-0 in the tournament opener. The U.S. hasn't lost to the Netherlands in 32 years. The lone loss of the Dutch coming in a 4-3 defeat during the first matchup between the teams in 1991. Then the Netherlands are in in ninth place ranked team in the world, beating Portugal 1-0 in the opener. And this is a rematch of the 2019 final match where U.S. won 2-0 to Netherlands. Yeah, we, we go into this match pretty confident. And at the same time, we know this is going to be a team that it's going to be difficult for the U.S. to win. What are your thoughts here, um, Baxter? My thoughts. My thoughts on this one. I, like, really rate the Netherlands. So, actually, like, going into watching this game, I'm like, there is definitely a chance that the U.S. loses. Like, I, I think that, like, we can all agree in the past couple months, like, we've seen some disconnects from the U.S. players. And the Netherlands, like, they're just getting better and better. They have players that are, like, really performing well right now. Like, Jill Roard is playing excellent right now. Like, Van de Donk is excellent. Yeah, going into the game, I'm just like, the U.S., when they play these teams now, like, they have to come with, like, their their best game. And I don't think we saw that in the first half. I think we can all agree. We looked a little mm-hmm. flat in the first half. Yeah. This is really interesting. This this is a, from the first game to the second game, having the same starting lineup, having Smith, Morgan, Rodman up front, Horan, DeMello, and Sullivan in the midfield, and Dunn, Germa, Ertz, and Fox across the back, and Nair in goal. I'm curious, uh, your thoughts, Nicole, on this starting 11, two games in a row. I'm like not too pressed on the whole like starting the same team two games in a row. Like mm-hmm. I think it had they played the Netherlands first. Like I think Vlaco started the tournament with what he thought was like their best eleven, and then you mm-hmm. can't really change that when you're playing one of the best teams in the tournament. Like when the Netherlands is your second game, I'm more pressed about like the lack of subs because like yeah, I do think like the U.S. had a lot of momentum in the second half, but like what makes the U.S. so great is their depth. And like when other teams start to get tired and they look at the sideline and you see like Lynn Williams, she could come in the 60 minutes like totally fresh. Like you can't defend that when you're tired. Like you can barely Mm -hmm. defend her when you're not tired, you know. So, yeah, I'm just like I'm cool with that's that starting lineup. I personally don't think it's their like best lineup. Like, Mm Yeah, I'd make some changes if if I was like choosing their like best starting eleven. But yeah, I'm less pressed about the starters and more pressed as like, how are you not going to make more subs in a game that that you're trying to win? And they were actually losing, so it's just yeah, that that's what's confusing for me. Yeah, I mean, there's no denying that this team is so talented and all the players have such great talent. 
mm-hmm. even the rookies here. It, but for me, it kind of feels like a big red flag when you don't see like when you see the same starting lineup going against the Netherlands, which are a superior team than Vietnam. Mm-hmm. I don't know. For me, I think it would have been maybe Sullivan out, move Ertz to midfield, bring in Cook as center back, then Lavelle for the mellow, and mm-hmm. Lynn for Morgan. Why not? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah, I would say like I'd make some of those same changes. I think that for Rose, I'm assuming she's not ready to go 90 minutes. Like that's probably yeah. the or else you'd you'd start and play her 90. Like that's like n- no coach can like make that argument that she shouldn't be on the field for this team obviously. So, I'm going to assume that it's like a fitness thing just cuz she's come back from injury. But yeah, I would have I would have moved Juliet's into as a 6. That's like the probably the main change I would have made. Yeah, I, I have to admit that I was wrong here. Uh, in the first game, I thought this was all about building confidence, where it's like you're playing Vietnam, you're going to bring in Demelo's never who's never had a World Cup minutes, you're going to play players that at, you know building up Earth's confidence at center back or you know however. But it, as you said, Nicole, I think Blacko thinks this is his best eleven, and I was surprised mm-hmm. by that considering how deep this team is. Yeah, it just hashtag free Williams, but we'll get to that. We'll definitely get to that. (laughs) And I do want to ask uh, you a question about this. Uh, Before the game, Netherlands head coach spoke some, I guess what you call it fighting words uh, before Mm -hmm. the match. And he said, in the past, the U.S. women's national team are a lot fitter than the rest of the world, but those days are over. What is left of their superiority? And I'm curious, Two things for you, Nicole. One is coaches talking trash. How do you feel about that? And two, do you think there's some truth to what he's saying? Okay, so I did see this quote and I read it and I laughed because (laughs) I think that coaches talking trash like that, it's just like you're kind of setting your team up for failure because now they're the ones Mm -hmm. who have to play against the players that you just pissed off. So, like, I'm all for trash talking. Like, I absolutely love the Lindsey Horan, Danielle Vandedonk go at it um i think that coaches need to be careful because like he i i think his comments probably motivated some of the u.s players i would imagine and like you don't really want to piss them off i can't imagine you ever trash talking (laughs) listen i think that i trash talk like in a joking way but Uh i think that like if you're gonna trash talk you have to be able to back it up and you yeah. have to like know yourself. So like for me, I like totally lose focus when I get like emotional like that in games. So like I don't think I ever trash talked in an NWSL game because I would mm-hmm. just like lose my head. I think you have to know yourself and like Lindsay Horan knew that she could do that and it would like step up her game. I think that when I do that, sometimes I lose my head. So like I wouldn't. I don't I don't. I'm also not good enough to do that. (laughs) You got to be really good if you're going to talk shit to Danielle Vandedonk. Like she's one of the best players in the world and vice versa. Lindsay Horan, one of the best players in the world. So like you wouldn't catch me talking shit to someone who's that much better than me. Yeah. In your five v five games that you're playing now, uh, you're talking trash. (laughs) Oh, oh, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. I thought the first time I played, I was like, I'm going to get kicked out of this game. I genuinely thought I was going to get kicked out of the game. As I just like, I took it far too seriously. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think for me? Personally, I like, I like trash talk as a player. 
especially before and during a game, it kind of fuels you. You just want to like keep going. Like if you're tired, like you don't feel tired anymore. You want to run more and go get that ball and like score on them. You just yeah. want to come out and destroy them. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I I I don't disagree at all. I just think it wasn't necessarily for me. Like I think we were talking about this at training one time last year with Gotham, and there's just like there's too much that people could say back to me that would like make me lose my head. So like <laughs> like I think I I was joking with some of the girls about it. Like all they would have to be is like say is like say I was like talking trash, right? All they'd yeah. have to say back is like who even are you? Like, what are you a national team replacement player? And like, I, I would, I would want to walk myself right off the field, you know? So like, <laughs> I just had to know myself better. Like don't uh-huh. start things when you know, you can't, you can't handle what's going to come back at you. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. I, I, I never played for a coach that was a trash talker. So that's, um, that's new to me. And I usually keep that stuff in house. At least mm-hmm. you know, it's okay to, to, to like talk trash inside the locker room. Just to I totally build up agree. Your, yeah. yeah, totally, totally with you. Yeah, not on the outside. But I do think there is a little bit of truth in that. Uh, I think Mm -hmm. that the U.S. does rely a little bit too much on their athletic prowess. And I think in the first game, U.S. women's team could have had 85, 90% possession, but they did try to rely a little bit too much on just lobbing balls in the box, trying to get headers on them, out jumping them. And I felt like we could be a much better team than we were showing and we rely a little bit too much on our athleticism. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it definitely makes sense. For me, when I saw that quote, I did think like there is some truth to this, Mm -hmm. but it didn't have anything to do with like how the U.S. plays or what they rely on. Like for me, it was just like a lot of these these teams are getting better. And like it is definitely a fact that like in the past, the U.S. fitness was like off the charts compared to these other teams. Mm -hmm. You can still even see it with some teams like they all look exhausted by like the 70th minute, you know. So yeah, that when I read it, I, I thought like there is a little bit of truth to that, but that was just because like these other teams, they do have more resources now. Their players are playing in like much better league. They're just they're all fitter than they were before. Brazil is such a good example because like Brazil, I always thought their main issue was their fitness. Like they've always had talented players, but like their fitness was always such an issue. Now half their team plays in the NWSL. Like Adriana and Marta are two of the fittest players on the Orlando pride. So they're going to take that fitness back to their national team. You know what I mean? Um, So, yeah, I do think there is a little bit of truth to it for sure. And something I I don't normally like to talk about, but I think this is an interesting topic of conversation, Uh, refereeing in the world cup. I'm curious your thoughts so far on the, not the level of, but just your thoughts on the refereeing so far at this world cup. Yeah, I I think it's been decent, but I like mm-hmm. I just think it's kind of inconsistent. Like mm-hmm. some games players are getting like football tackled, you yeah. know, and yeah. like there's not a lot of cards, like especially with with VAR too, like I feel like they let a lot of stuff go and then they're like, "Oh, we'll just review it." And I mm-hmm. think it's just like even in the NWSL, I was just talking to Allie Krieger about this. Like she probably does five or six extra max sprints per game because of this new VAR thing where they keep the flag down. So yeah, the refereeing, it seems is just like, is, is quite lenient. A lot of games I would, that's how I would word it. Inconsistent and lenient. And it puts the the keeper in a bad position all the time when they they come out and yeah, put their body. Yeah. Yeah. It's like she's offsides near the halfway line and all these players still have to like fight to the death to make sure she doesn't score (laughs) when it wouldn't have counted anyway. 
you know exactly he just did the run for nothing (laughs) yeah yeah now they're all just exhausted and they're pissed off (laughs) yeah i mean i do agree referees leniency can vary and then at some point you have to raise the question like where to draw the line and just start giving out yellow cards and red cards (laughs) to maintain control of the game Maybe I don't know. I don't know if this happens, but maybe referees should get coach at halftime and like give them feedback, <laughs> like like teams. I don't know yeah. something, and, and then like so they can come out on the second half and just do better. Yeah, yeah. you know what I will say. So this uh, this preseason we had like a very very in depth uh, VAR training. Every NWSL team got it, and mm-hmm. I will say like. It's not, it it was so different. It made me really appreciate referees more because they, they like showed us what referees hear in their ears. So like in their headset, people are talking to them all game. Like they have a room full of like VAR specialists and other referees who are talking to them through the entire game. So I have no doubt that they're getting coached at halftime and also like in the middle of the game, they're getting like, people are like yelling into their headsets. I'm like, I don't know how I would focus. I wouldn't even yeah. be able to make these calls. I'd be like, stop talking to me. Yeah. So it, it gave me this like real, like much deeper appreciation for what referees are dealing with because I like, I just don't know how they focus at all with the amount of people that talk to them throughout the games. Yeah. Uh, first, obviously, referees are human beings. Uh, and yeah. I think like if you're talking about this specific game, I feel like in the NWSL, if you grab someone from behind and pull them down, it's a card straight yellow card right at the bat. Yeah. But like in this game, there was at least four or five of them early on where they just <laughs> grab a player, pull them down from behind. And I'm like, just calling a foul on that. Yeah, I, I totally that- I totally agree. And that sets up the rest of the game because as, as a player, you know, if a player is going to do that to you, the first thing in your head's like, okay, I guess we're doing that now. Yeah, And you totally. want to kind of go back at them for it, and it kind of raises the level. And I think that the refereeing at this World Cup speaks to a larger issue. Obviously, this is the biggest tournament in the world, and there's been a lack of opportunity for women to ref at this level. So it could be just the moment might be too big for them at the at this particular moment, but they'll grow into it. It's more a learning, a learning thing, I guess. Yeah, oh, it's it's tough. To, it's tough to know like exactly what is going on. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that um, they would like let anyone ref at this at the at the World Cup if they right. weren't like qualified or didn't have the resume for it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, you have to wonder just like what the discussions are. Like, are they supposed to be calling it a little more lenient because of VAR? Like, I I'm just mm-hmm. like I have a lot of questions. Right. <laughs> Yeah, maybe they just don't want to impact the game as much yeah, as they, yeah. they should. Right. Yeah. But I for yeah. sure thought I thought that in the Netherlands USA game. I'm like, I thought Lindsay Huren was gonna have two yellows by the fifty fifth minute. Like if yeah. it was being called like a like an NWL game, like mm-hmm. each team would have got a player sent off at some point. You know? Yeah. So it is interesting. It's really interesting. Yeah. Agreed. And let's get over to the, the game itself. Now, the first half, I'm curious your thoughts. I mean, the Netherlands pretty much dominated possession in the first half. Uh, they had a lot more fouls committed. There was there were 16 fouls in the first half, which is which is a pretty good pretty good number. But the U.S., despite having less possession, had way more shots. Nine shots, three off target. So I'm curious your thoughts on that. Just that first half in in guess going down mm-hmm. after dominating for a lot of the match yeah i think that stat that you said right there about the u.s having less possession more shots mm-hmm. netherlands mm-hmm. having uh a lot of the possession like the, i feel like that's the 
European soccer versus U.S. soccer. Like right. U.S. soccer is so transitional. Like mm-hmm. U.S. soccer players are like they're playing to get that ball on goal, you know, and like European soccer is much more patient. Like sometimes there's like a little bit of possession fully without a purpose. Like they're just keeping the ball, like they're getting their vibes going. Um, Mm -hmm. And I feel like that you could like see that in the way that both teams were playing. Like I'm not surprised by that stat at all, but yeah, I just thought like it was one of the first times in a really long time. I felt like a team was like, making the u.s chase them like the netherlands looked so comfortable on the ball like Mm -hmm. they're really stringing together good passes like they were advancing the ball up the field like pretty easily uh like you saw it on the goal they scored like there were just these like huge pockets of space where like andy sullivan dove in and and suddenly this netherlands player has 30 yards in front of her with like no one there so yeah i thought the first half was just like kind of like blah from the u.s and the netherlands just kind of like they looked really good. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, Netherlands looks sick this half. <laughs> but yeah, I thought the, the Netherlands just like looked really comfortable and they made the U.S. look really uncomfortable. And during the first half, I was like, they're, how does the like if the U.S. keeps playing like this, like they're not going to advance very far in the World Cup. That's like kind of what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could tell that Netherlands were getting in like in their heads. Um, the, you can tell that mm-hmm. by the mellow, she was getting heated, uh, heated out there. And I think that's why they took her out at halftime because she was getting pissed out there. <laughs> and yeah, and we all know that the U.S. has more talent than that performance they gave going into to the locker 1-0. I don't know what happened to them because like, like these stats show, they had more shots to goal, but they weren't able to convert. I feel like those are missed opportunities, just like in the Vietnam game. Uh, and you think they'll come to win this after all that trash talk? Um, <laughs> yeah, like just go out there and like, like just win early, like have the lead early. But yeah, let 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 just like, yeah. you know, like just yeah. come out there and, and show them who's boss. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine that the uh, the Demello sub was a planned sub, like. In my head, I, I obviously have no idea, but in my head, it was like Rose is she's like on a minute progression. So I would imagine she played like 30 in the first game, next game 45. We'll probably see her a little bit more in the next game. And like growing into the knockout rounds, she'll hopefully be 90 minutes like fit, you know. Um, but I, I totally agree that like the Netherlands, yeah, they were just like in the U.S.'s face the whole the whole time and they weren't scared at all. And like I loved to see a, a team like kind of go at the u.s like that not a lot of teams really do that you know yeah this was better from the u.s than the first game obviously it's a different opponent and sometimes you play up to your opponent but i thought this was more cohesion than the first game and honestly it was like one chance one goal for netherlands good for them the u.s seemed a little bit out of ideas uh towards the end of the first half but Get to the second half. Obviously, Rose comes in, is the game changer. starts starts moving the ball around, finding those pockets of space, and just being able to change a change of pace for the team. I'm mm-hmm. curious your thoughts on the goal that that was a a huge moment. The, the back and forth between Van der Donk and Haran, then Haran stepping up when she needed to be. I'm mm-hmm. Curious your thoughts on, on on the goal. Oh my god, I loved it. I loved it. I'm like that is like the like they just caused th- those two fighting caused such a scene. Like the the whole game was stopped. 
Lindsay's teammates were around her. Like it looked like Lindsay's teammates were even saying to her, like, okay, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Obviously we had no clue what was cool. going on, but that's like what it looked like from when we were watching. And so I'm just like, if you're going to cause a scene like that, like you got like your game has to f- start flying. And it literally, it did. It honestly did. Like her scoring that goal right there, like that just created so much conversation and it definitely sparked them. But I actually mm-hmm. thought like in the second half, like obviously Rose coming in is always going to help, but I thought that Julie Ertz like was the game changer in the second half. Mm-hmm. She just it's like she came out of the locker room just like pissed the hell off and she was running through people. Like there were times that like she's playing center back and she would pass the ball and she'd just start running up the field. She's mm-hmm. like, screw it. I'm going. She was all the way up, like next to Alex Morgan at some points. Like, y- you could just tell she did not want to lose. So I think, like, between her, Lindsay, like, them, like, talking that trash, following through with, like, those big moments afterwards, like, I thought the goal was sick. I thought the second half was great from the US. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really, really, really great second half. Especially after, like, the ref made them, like, come over here, come <laughs> yeah. over here, and let's yeah. talk it out. They yeah. were like, you two, say sorry yeah. to each other, or something like funny? that. It's just extra funny because they're friends, too. Like, when they were <laughs> both getting yelled at by the ref, like, did you, the way they were looking at each other was like, they knew it was serious, but they were also like trying not to laugh because it's like, yeah. it's, it's like getting in trouble at school, like, with your best friend. It was, yeah. it was very yeah. funny. Yeah. Yeah, it was really funny. And yeah, like you said, Horan. Team captain stepped up and delivered when the team needed it the most. Yeah, Yeah, sure did. Yes, and Lindsay said that that's where you get the best football from Lindsay. She said it herself. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think you ever want to get me mad because I don't react in a good way. I just go out there and I want something more. I want to win more. I want to score more. And I want to do more for this team. And she did. And there was a quote from a famous person from Twitter uh, I think it's Nicole Baxter. Uh, it says, Lindsay Horan and Daniel Vandendonk started fighting and caused the scene. And then Lindsay immediately scored a goal. And Danielle is ending up the game with a swim cap on her head. So winner <laughs> is Horan. So. My Twitter is just such a dumb place, man. <laughs> <laughs> that cap, though, the swim cap. That's oh, that was like, I like I obviously know that the U.S. tied that game. And I got a lot of replies from angry people just kind of being like well who really won the netherlands looks good whatever and i'm just like the girl ended the game with a swim cap on like uh, if that is not like the sign of like who won that like 1v1 battle it was it was just like it was just perfect it was perfect that Lindsay scored and then she had to wear the swim cap like it was all just perfect yeah all right let's get to one of the last topics of conversation for this match is obviously the lack of subs and i'm curious uh as a player what is your thoughts on not utilizing the bench when you have like the most talented roster in the history of of soccer? I would be pissed as hell. Like mm-hmm. if I'm sitting on that bench, I'm 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 like fuming because mm-hmm. when you're on the bench like especially a game like that like they're tied, like it's it's super physical like you're sitting on the bench and you're like, I, I swear I can help this team. Like all I want is to like get in there. Or even if it's not you, if it's someone else on the bench, like I know that we can all like help this game right now. Like we're all fresh. Some people look tired. So like, yeah, I would be super, super confused if I was one of those players sitting on the bench. Mm -hmm. And I genuinely, like, I don't know really what Blacko was thinking. Like the U S that that's part of the reason why they're like, they've always been unstoppable is because their depth is crazy. So it's just like, it's very confusing. And 
if I was one of those players, I'd be like, what the hell is going on? Right. And and when when asked, Vlacos said that the subs were affecting the rhythm of the game. He said he considered Lynn Williams for the second half. His response is that he was concerned a substitute would take a minute or two to adjust <laughs> to the game. But but just know that Williams was top of the mind. <laughs> I will say, like, there have been games where, like, I've been sitting on the bench and the, there was a, the Challenge Cup game, Challenge Cup final that we played in against Portland. I remember being on the bench and thinking we shouldn't make any subs. Like, we had so much momentum. There were so many times, like, that we were close to scoring. And so I, I genuinely was, like, very rationally sitting on that bench being like, yeah, I like totally agree with the decision that we shouldn't put any subs in right now. Like the, the people on the field are doing a really good job. Like we're, I thought we were going to score. So I can imagine like Vladko considering the fact like, okay, we have momentum. Will a sub like kind of change that? Like I can imagine that like, maybe you do think that, but it's also different when like, it's Gotham, a Challenge Cup game, and Nicole Baxter is on your bench. Whereas, like, <laughs> it's the World Cup, you're the U.S., and you have someone like Lynn Williams on your bench, who, like, pretty much scores in every NWSL game she plays in. You know what I mean? So it's, mm-hmm. like, it's really tough to kind of understand, like, why you wouldn't. It's not even just Lynn Williams. Like, they have a lot of people who are on that bench that could have helped. So, yeah, it's really tough to understand what's going on in that guy's head. I'll say that. Everyone's asking, like, where's Lynn Williams? Everyone's asking the <laughs> yeah. same thing. And personally, uh, I think a minute or two is not too bad for some, <laughs> like, for someone to take, like, to adjust into the game. I think putting Lynn Williams after that first goal would have been great, mm-hmm. uh, especially with the momentum going up and up as we scored that equalizer. I mean, it, it just makes sense to me, but I don't know. I it kind of feels like you don't trust like, the players on your bench. Yeah, it feels like a weird excuse. Like when has Lynn Williams ever had trouble adjusting to a game when coming off the bench? Like when has Christy Mewis ever had trouble adjusting to a game coming off the bench? So it's just like, it's, it seems like kind of a weird excuse. And I just like, don't really necessarily believe that, that, that he was being honest in that moment. But I do like, I, I remember reading this quote. I want to say it was like Anson Dorrance. And he was saying that his, because like UNC women's soccer has always been the same, right? Like they, their depth is unreal. And I remember him saying that like as a coach, when he's thinking about subs, he considers like, when is this bench player at 100% better than this starter? It's like when the starter reaches like 60% or 50%, like what is, like what is it? And I would argue that a, a fresh 100% Lynn Williams is more than good enough to like go in over a Trinity Rodman who is at 60% by the 70th minute. Did that make sense? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it, yeah, it's just, it's confusing for sure. And towards the end of the game, uh, Sophia Smith and Doris look drained. So I don't, I don't know why you run to run her into the ground and Rodman was chasing shadows at the end of that game. So I, I don't know what <laughs> chasing shadows. Yeah. yeah they were gassed she, she was as everywhere. they should have yeah. been. They were chasing the whole first half. Like uh-huh. I would have been gassed after the 30th minute. Like, yeah, it, yeah it's, it's fair that they were gassed, you know, but yeah, we needed some subs for sure. Yeah. Change of pace. What players do you think from Gotham SC would you like to see in the next cycle? Ooh. Jenna Nicewanger. 
I'm I'm right. high. I'm really high on Jenna Nicewanger. I don't know her at all, right. but I'm just absolutely. <laughs> I just I rave about the girl any chance I can. I just yeah. think she's so productive and like uh-huh. she's not even an outside back, you know. And she's so young. Like the the fact that she's already having such a like large effect on one of the most experienced oldest teams in the NWSL. Like it's just kind of for me. Like you you kind of have to give her a chance at the next level to see what else she's capable of you know like the girl can play any position on the field she's fit as hell like she's a left-footed player coaches love that and she's productive like she gets crosses in the box she scores goals like I she's one of the young players that I would um I'd probably start like giving some looks to I'm sure she's got to be on their radar I'm sure yeah what do you think Ruby I mean, we, we, in this podcast, we love oh, Jenna Lightswanger. <laughs> Do, yeah. Do you? I think her. everyone does, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. People, when I hear other players being talked about in like the rookie of the year conversation, I'm like, huh. I don't know why I feel so like invested in this, but like, mm-hmm. if it's not Jenna Nicewanger, the system's rigged. Right. Like, right? yeah. exactly. Gotham is, is a top three team in the NWL. She's one of their most productive players. The girl's like 22 years old. Like, yeah. how can she not be the rookie of the year? That's in, in my dumb opinion, <laughs> my dumb yeah, personal If there's opinion. any position, if there's any position that's not quite always settled, it is that outside back yeah. uh, player. And she does both. She does. She's learning the defensive side of the game. She's getting better at that. And obviously, who, other than like Sofia Huerta, who puts in better service than she does? Yeah. Not many Genuinely, players. Genuinely, yeah. She puts in some really good service. And like, it yeah. just, it's such an added bonus that she's like a natural mm-hmm. lefty. Yeah. Yeah. I think you absolutely have to, uh, have to keep her in that at least the next cycle. And that's was maybe, maybe Yasmin Ryan as well. I'd probably I love would like her. to see her. I, ju- I yeah. think she's, I think she's so good. Yes. Mm-hmm. I played a little bit of pickup with her in the off season, like when she first oh, came nice. to Jersey and the way she moved, like really reminded me of Mal Pugh. Like they're, mm-hmm. they're obviously different players. Like they play different positions, but it was something about like the way that she moves on the ball is like, she like glides in the same type of way that Mal does. She like glides on her toes. I and I just I think she's really good. And I'm like really happy that she finally scored a goal. Like I, I think that she's been sitting on that for like a couple games. Um so yeah, I think she's definitely a, a player that should be on their radar as well. Yeah. All right, let's let's move over to the, the player of the match week. The fans over at Gotham Pod on Twitter. <laughs> so fans chose Haran. Thanks to the fans who voted, do you agree that Haran was the player of the match week? Um, see, yeah, but I also think that like a lot of fan votes about player of the match, like everyone always leans towards the person who scored the goal. And I just think that like, there was so much dirty work done in that game. (laughs) Like I thought Julie Ertz, like changed the whole game, the way she came out in the second half. And I also sleeper for me, I thought Crystal Dunn did a low key good job. I think what was interesting about her and like I I don't ever give defenders credit certainly not outside backs like I never would choose them like I just always lean towards attacking players when I talk <laughs> about like the players that I thought did really well Crystal Dunn's like reaction when she loses the ball is so like her transition from attacking to defense is so quick that I thought she just did such a good job of like winning the ball back for the U.S. in like higher positions on the field so like I thought she gave the ball away like a decent amount, but then she would win it back so fast that I thought it it just like had a positive effect on the game. Um, 
So yeah, those would be some of the players that I would uh I'd give some credit to, some of those defensive players. Yeah, you're you're right. We always overlook like defense and mm-hmm. I, they're really important as well. Yeah. And I I do agree with the fans like Horan, yeah, player of the match. Why? Because, you know, she stepped up. She mm-hmm. like it was also like her presence, yeah. Like she had such a large presence because of like the trash talk that was happening that I yeah. do think that she would definitely be up there in the conversation for me as like who was the player of the match for sure. But yeah. Yeah, I think everyone just leans towards the the person who scored the goal. Yeah, and she really went out there and acted like like a captain should, you know? Like mm-hmm. and just have their their teams back. So yeah, I totally. do agree with Haran, but I also agree with you. Dunn was good. Ertz was good. So hard. What yeah. about you, Garen? I agree on, on the night it was Haran. I think Haran's been good over the first two games. I think mm-hmm. probably probably our most like consistently good player of the first two games. But I also want to shout out to Naomi Gurma. I think she's nice. been playing lights That's out. That's a good one. That's a great one. Yeah. I think she's fantastic. Like yeah. she's going to have such a, a long, great career on mm-hmm. that she's UF a- team. She's like a calculator, uh, like a risk management calculator. Yeah. <laughs> and like, like, you know, the meme where the like, the, the wom- yeah, the woman's like sitting there, like all the calculations are going around around uh-huh. her head. Yeah. Just, like that, that's Germa, but she understands all of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like her brain's like moving at a different pace. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's, she's, so she's like, especially for a young player. she's almost so good that you don't talk about her for player of the match because she's so consistently like that, that it doesn't even stand out to you anymore. Cause you're like, that's just Naomi Gurma. Like she's just (laughs) so freaking reliable. Like she does her job so well. And so I always forget to bring her up in like these player of the match conversations, but I think I'm totally with you on that one. She's, she's Mm. been very good. That was a good show. Yeah. I was watching her last year and you just get the feeling like there's nothing too big for her. Like Uh she just, the moment, she never I seems totally phased agree. by the moment. Yeah, cool as a cucumber. Really that's what. That's how she looks. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So let, let's get to some Gotham player updates. Uh, Nicole, do you have any updates on Anamanu? Oh, I love Efi. I really love Efi, and I, I, I need this girl to get the ball more. Like, and it's, it's not even on her. It's just like it's the way Nigeria plays. Like they're very, uh, like outside of the field dominant. I think Nigeria. But they are a sleeper team, and I'm I'm glad that that her team is is doing well, and that she's starting and like getting a lot of minutes. Like, I I'm really rooting for her. I want her to score so freaking bad. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I I I would I'm gonna get this later, but I want the Nigeria Ireland game. I want it to be a two to one game, and I want oh, Anamaru to score twice and Fairly once. I want any Fairly <laughs> to score one goal. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I all that's exactly how I word it to. To my, if like my friends are on a team that I don't want to win, I'm like, I hope you score eight goals and your team loses nine to eight. Honestly, <laughs> that's, <laughs> what, that's what it is. Yes. So, what, any update on Fairly Ruby? Ireland faced Canada, and Sinead played 65 minutes of the game. She had five passes into the final third and two shots on goal. Unfortunately, Canada won, and Ireland was eliminated from the World Cup. They still have one more game against Nigeria, but if they win, they do not have enough points to go to the next round. But all these women just play with so much passion, so much heart out there. I, I like Ireland so much. I love Ireland. I really do. I have like such a I have such a spot in my heart for them. I don't know why. I just yeah. feel like they're like fighters. And they also have a like a handful of uh 
like American players on that team. Like I love Sinead Farley. I love Marissa Shiva. Like I think uh, Caruso was actually drafted by Sky Blue, right? Back in the day. I, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. So, right. so yeah, I just, there's a lot of players on that team who I'm like heavily rooting for. So it's a shame that they don't have a chance of advancing anymore, but they are in, they are, they're in the hardest group in the tournament, like without a doubt. Yeah. We are almost at the point where Nigeria can knock out either the seventh or 10th team in the world. That's pretty I'm crazy. Petrified. I, it just, it just sucks because Australia is the host nation. I want them to go through so bad. Like they're the host nation. Kaylin's on Canada. I need them to go through like in my heart and soul. And then Ify's on Nigeria. So I'm just like how I wish all three teams could advance. Like I have legitimate reasons yeah. for wanting them all in the next stage. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But okay. imagine how Sam Kerr feels right now that she hasn't been able to play. Oof. I'm like, I'm, I'm genuinely heartbroken for her. Like yeah. I could cry thinking about it. Like it, the world cup in your host nation, like mm-hmm. it's never going to, she's never going to play in a world cup in Australia ever again. It's just, uh, I'm like, I saw that she's going to be available for the next game though. Um, so hopefully she's like good enough to, to play a decent amount of minutes. Yes. And Bruninha played zero minutes. Boo. And a two to one loss Bruna. to France. Poor Bruna. Yeah, but a huge game Wednesday, August 2nd, versus Jamaica. Jamaica has one point on Brazil, meaning Brazil needs to win to advance. This was my dark horse team going into this tournament. I'm hoping that they make it through. But the, the reggae girls, you, I mean, you have to... Uh, this one's gosh. so tough because, like, I know. Yeah, Jamaica is always a sleeper team. Like, they, yeah. they, they have de- some decent players. Like, Bunny Shaw will be back. Uh, but like Brazil for me is like a contender to win the entire thing. So if they get mm-hmm. knocked out, like to me, that's such a massive loss. And I just, I, th- they got to win this. Like they have to win. And it's like Marta's last world cup. Like I feel very, now that I'm speaking to you guys about this, I feel a very emotionally tied to about half the teams in this world. Mm-hmm. Cup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just like I, Brazil's another one. Like I need them to advance for me. It will be yeah. heartbreaking if Marta doesn't make it out of the group stage in the oh. last world cup. Yeah. And after last season with coach Menzies and doing a deep dive on his impact on the Jamaican national team and their story is incredible and mm-hmm. how they were you know, brought back from the brink from uh, Marley's daughter. I'm blanking on her name, but uh, they have such an amazing story and you want to, that's a team that you definitely want to root for regardless. Yeah. Shout out Hugh Menzies. I love that guy. I think yeah, he was- I, I love him. So yeah, that's another reason to root for Jamaica. Like, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a great guy, and like he really helped that program so much. And like so many of the girls on that Jamaica team, like they are now playing for better club teams. Like they just they deserve like the results that they've been getting. You know, like I don't think their federation has treated them like particularly well over the years. So for them to like come out in these major tournaments against good teams and like fight the way that they do, I like really respect it. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's get to our next opponent, which is Portugal. U.S. Women's National Team extends his unbeaten run to 19 straight World Cup matches, the longest streak, men or women. Portugal went through a 10. Yep. Portugal went through a 10 match group stage to qualify for their first World Cup tournament. (laughs) Portugal has been decent. They they lost one nothing to the Netherlands and they beat Vietnam two nothing. USA leads the all-time series 3-0, and Portugal has yet to score a goal against the U.S. 
I'm curious your thoughts on this matchup. Nicole? Yeah, I think that the U.S. should, like, destroy them, honestly. Like, I think we're probably going to see a pretty different lineup the next game. Well, I shouldn't even say that because, like, who the hell knows at this <laughs> yeah, rate? <right>. But, like, <laughs> normally in a normal situation, this would be, like, the entire second lineup to give, like, some of those other starters some rest. So I think that the U like the US should definitely beat them. But what's like fun about this World Cup, it's like anything can happen. Like these teams are all so much better than they were in the past. So like even a team that had to play ten games to qualify, like they can they can like bust out a win, no doubt, you know. So mm-hmm. you can't just like like you can't sleep on any of these teams. Like the US still have to come out and like put their best foot forward, which I'm sure they will. Especially like if it's a whole different round of players, like they're gonna be fired up to be on the field, you know. So I'm gonna say mm-hmm. the U.S. is gonna win three to zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ruby. I mean, sounds good. Um, but <laughs> I, I'm also expecting to see a different lineup. At least some players get like give them some rest. You know, 1999 was the last time the U.S. women's national team, uh, team had an unchanged starting eleven in the group stage. Hopefully, Whoa. yeah, I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah. The well, they won. Exactly. <laughs> so hopefully this ends like it's 1999. Yeah. 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 One can hope. <laughs> wow, yeah. that's really and interesting. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. I'm also saying 3-0. All right. Yeah. Just win and move on. That's all I want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Truly. Like, I don't know. They can win yeah. one nothing for all I care, but like they have to win. Please win. Yes. Great. So what are we, what are we manifesting this week? Ooh. I'm manifesting <sighs> Canada. Canada is Ooh. going to beat Australia. Okay. And they will advance. Okay. okay. I oh, just, shit. I, just, I kind of yeah. regretted saying that as soon as I said it. <laughs> I was like, in my head, I was like, okay. As soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I don't know if that's what I really want. <laughs> I really want Australia to go through. Is there any chance that both of them go through? No, right? Is there? I don't is there think like so. points wise? Yeah, I don't a, think so. I think it's yeah, like it has to be one or the other. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, Nigeria has has one of them beat. I think. I think Nigeria should be through. I think. Okay. I think even I think if they tie. Right. Yeah. I yeah, know. I think I, I looked this up because I was doing the same yeah. calculations for Brazil because like I'm yeah. just trying to figure out a way for like all of this to work out for me personally. (laughs) Uh, I'm also, you know what? I'm just going to manifest. Everyone gets some good sleep. (laughs) Everyone has good vibes for the week. And everyone drinks a lot of coffee. (laughs) So what's your game plan for Tuesday? Oh, Jesus. Listen, I really want to tell you that I'm going to watch that game, but uh, I'm not going to. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to watch it when I wake up. (laughs) Yeah, it ruins my whole day when i try to i try like even the 6 a.m games like Mm -hmm. it ruins my whole day i can't work properly like all i want to do is like sleep and lay in bed and it just it it just then i also don't work out i've got myself on a really good pilates workout plan (laughs) and i skip pilates when i try to wake up for those damn early games (laughs) so i'm not doing it i'm gonna rewatch it as soon as i wake up that's what i'm gonna do 
Yeah. So it, it's a work day for me. So I'll be awake at six. I'm not going to get on Twitter. I'm not going to get on yeah. Instagram, anything. I'm just going to go straight to Peacock and watch the replay. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it's like I have fought mobs. So like I get notifications. Oh, yeah. But if I wake up and I watch a game right away, like I probably. I probably haven't seen the result yet unless I'm looking for it. So like you can get away with rewatching a game and not knowing what happened, like no one's spoiling it. So I do usually look up the scores that I'm not going to lie though. <laughs> like yeah. I know the results like before I rewatch most of the games because I can't help myself. Like I'm just, I just want to know who won. Yeah. What do you got Ruby? What are you manifesting? For me, I just want Lynn Williams to play. Right. I love that. That's, you right? know what? I think that's a pretty, easy thing to ask for i don't think you're asking for too much there <laughs> no. exactly yeah you're asking for australia brazil <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, i just said something about the host nation getting knocked out so i'm gonna bite my tongue what an idiot yeah. i don't know how to say that <laughs> we can take that out if you like <laughs> yeah, fuck it. i am who i am <laughs> Yes. All right. So, uh, my manifestation, you guys already know already. I'm manifesting the two not two to one win. Again, Anamanu scores twice, fairly scores once. Love that. Uh, I'm with that. I'd like to double not... manifest that. Okay. I'd like to cool. retweet your manifest. All right. Very good. <laughs> uh or is that accent what what is what is that? Like you you can't quote tweet it's like an quote x i don't whatever huh? oh my god it's a, <laughs> it's a repost now not a retweet oh it's, no yeah. no like, it's like you, not for you don't me. tweet anymore it's oh like that is now. oh get it's over a, yourselves twitter yes. i'm calling it a retweet forever yeah, yeah. tweet yeah, it's, it's gonna be a tweet ever. for me twitter. yeah yeah all right so any random thoughts before we get out Oh my god! I just felt like a boomer right there. Like it's gonna be Twitter. I don't <laughs> <Yeah>. care. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I'm very. It, this was fun. I'm happy. I'm happy to be back on soccer over Gotham. Yeah, we always like talking to you, and we can you can come back anytime. You're always that. fun. I love talking um, soccer with you guys. It's always a good time. Yeah. Very good, and yeah. So, so that is our show. We had Renee Washington on last week. Oh my and she god! Said a shout out to you. Oh my god, my girl. We were yeah. We, we went to high school together. Yes, that's so funny. Yeah, what a small so little world. She's. Uh, you know, I'm going to shout her out right back because she's doing a great job. Oh, she's on MSG. Yeah, I am yeah. like so happy that those games are on MSG. I can't even oh. tell you. How cool yeah. is that? Like, it's the same it network cool. the the Knicks and the Rangers play on. Like, it's about damn time. So, shout Absolutely. out Renee. She's doing such a good job. Yeah, we're going to have her back on because I was like, as I was talking to, to her last week, I'm like, I do a lot of research on our guests to make sure that, you know, I know everything possible about them. Yeah. And I'm going through her story and I'm like, well, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. interesting. She's doing this. That's interesting. Oh, my like, God. I got to. You should yeah. have seen how hard that girl worked to like get where she is. Like, yeah. you don't just start like reporting for pe- people. Like, just don't even understand the grind that it takes to go from mm-hmm. like not doing that to getting to that point. Like, she was like reporting on like high school lacrosse games. Like, she was she was like in the the low lows trying to like mm-hmm. get that career started. And so the fact that she got herself to like the WNBA and she like she climbed that mountain like with no one gave her like any chances it seemed and she was like i'm gonna do this and now she's on msg it's like pretty incredible yeah go girl yeah the 
the coolest thing about her is that I was looking at like her, like I think it was called planted, not buried or something mm-hmm. like that. It's just program she does. It always seems like as, as, as she opens doors, she's pulling other people through uh-huh, the doors yeah. with her. Yeah. Like she's, yeah, she's awesome. I do feel like that's like the women's soccer community. Like mm-hmm. I, I feel like I really felt that at Gotham. Like I made so mm-hmm. many connections just with people like Gotham fans that I like got to know over Twitter and stuff that I felt like, when I stop playing soccer, like there will be opportunity for me. And I just like, I encourage current players all the time to like do that type of stuff because not everyone likes using social media or like networking and stuff, but like you're just genuinely like talking to people. And I'd feel like all women's soccer p- people and fans, they just want to like pull you through those doors with them. So yeah, it's just, yeah. I, it's just, it's a real good community we got going. It is. Yeah. And so next week, uh, we're going to be covering the U.S. Women's National Team versus Portugal with our friend, best friend of the show, Jenna Tonelli. Ah, um, lovely. Look at all these I big hitters we too. got on the show. I love her too. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> shout out to Jenna. But, uh, <laughs> shout so- out Jenna. Shout out Jenna. Shout out. <laughs> I was in Italy. She was on vacation. I saw that. Back. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, good for her. But all right, I'm ready for this next game against the Netherlands. You ready, Nicole? I am more than ready. I yes. love it. I lo- I'm like, at, my friends joke, like my girlfriend was joking with me the other day because every World Cup game that we watch, it'll be the 90th minute. And I'm like, I don't want it to be over yet. <laughs> like I get so upset. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. I would get so pumped for all these games. I don't ever want this tournament to be over. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's true. All right, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. This is Gary. Thank you for listening and supporting our project. Here are other ways you can support the show and connect with us. First, word of mouth is everything. So please share our show with anyone who might listen. Also, please rate us five stars on Spotify and review us on iTunes. You can purchase our merchandise at the Tee Public Store. Join in the conversation on Twitter at OverGothamPod and Instagram at SoccerOverGotham. Lastly, you can email your thoughts and questions at SoccerOverGotham at gmail.com. Once again, thank you. What the hell are you talking about?